Welcome to the Newson Health Menopause Podcast. I'm Dr. Louise Newson, a GP and menopause specialist, and I run the Newson Health Menopause and Wellbeing Centre here in Stratford-upon-Avon. So today on my podcast, I have with me Lindsay Lester, who's known as the hormone pharmacist. So she works down in Essex near London, and she is a pharmacist who has a special interest in the menopause. So welcome today, Lindsay. Thank you, Louise. Hi. So we connected, I'm not quite sure how really, but we connected over the internet and we've been liaising quite a lot recently. And I'm really interested in your work, which I'd like to talk to you about, and also the role of pharmacists, because as you know, with healthcare professionals, it's really important for me. I certainly feel very strongly that women should receive very individualised care and advice about their perimenopause and menopause, and they should be given evidence-based information. And whether that's from their own GP, whether it's from a hospital doctor, whether it's from a nurse, a nurse prescriber, and also from pharmacists as well. I think any contact women have with healthcare professionals should be evidence-based and certainly we're doing a lot of work behind the scenes to improve that. So before we talk about your role as a hormone pharmacist, talk to me about what you've done in the past and also actually what a pharmacist is because some people don't really even understand what a pharmacist does. Yes, of course. Right. Okay. So I have been qualified for almost 30 years. That makes me sound like a dinosaur. Hopefully I'm not. I don't feel like one. And I started out working for Boots. And in Boots, if they like you, they, in those days anyway, they pushed you towards the management section. Mm -hmm. And I I was quite adamant that actually I'd been to university to do pharmacy. I wanted to help people. I was more interested in clinical. So I kind of dug my heels in. Anyway, we kind of parted ways after I had my first child. And then I had a little career break and I came back and worked in a community pharmacy part-time. It was really lovely. The last few years I was doing one-to-one consultations, medication use reviews. So I was talking to people about how they took the medication, making sure that they took it with or after food if that was what was required, making sure they understood why they were taking it. Some people thought, oh, I'm taking so many, I don't want to take that one. You know, it's fine, it's fine. So my job was to explain why they should take it, encourage them to be able to remember to take the medication. And it was really nice. I really enjoyed that. And then the NHS kind of were phasing out that role. And so let me explain what a pharmacist actually does, because we're not just there to hand over boxes of pills. We go to university and we have quite a good education and we end up in a unique position where actually the main part of our role is to check that the GP hasn't made an error in some way everyone's human this can happen so we double check the doses interactions important interactions a GP I think you can override on your computer but if we know that that's important we're going to double check and things like that and look for any alarm signals any incorrect doses things like that so that is the main job of a pharmacist so we also we look at a prescription and we can tell what is wrong with the patient or we should Mm. be able to in general terms so Once I started learning more about menopause and what to look for, it was actually, I noticed a disturbing amount of antidepressants being prescribed in the over 40s in women in particular. And that was an alarm bell. It was like, well, really? Because some of them were also on thyroxine 
tablets and it yes. indicates that there's something going a little bit wrong with hormones in general so but I've only just started reading and learning and what was going on the second major area that I noticed was in older ladies they were getting repeat prescriptions for antibiotics for urinary tract infections and the patient mm-hmm. history you can look back on the patient history when you're doing the prescription and it's like oh time and time again they're getting these antibiotics and i knew that this was wrong and then there was another medication for urinary frequency or urge incontinence mm. women taking that and it really was mostly women and it's all connected with estrogen lack of estrogen so these yes. are things i was starting to look at so i mean it's so interesting isn't it for you as not even putting mm. the two together initially but realizing that there's this common theme that's coming out and um, you may know we did some research of nearly 3,000 women and we found that nearly 70% of women had inappropriately been offered or given antidepressants for the low mood associated with their menopause and as you know there's no evidence that antidepressants will help for this indication yet time and time again women are given antidepressants and again with urinary tract infections like you say because of the low estrogen that occurs and I've done podcasts with Jane Lewis about vagina dryness also Jane Simpson about urinary symptoms that occur it's very common and we used to in our general practice every Monday morning have almost a queue of elderly women with their urine pots oh. and they would be dipped and the receptionist say well you haven't got an infection and these women would say but I'm having all these symptoms and you know I feel really embarrassed that I missed so many yeah, of these women too. because yeah. I I didn't have the I suppose I did have the knowledge, but I didn't have the experience Mm. to be able to confidently prescribe just some local oestrogen, which is incredibly safe, isn't it? Some vaginal oestrogen, which when it goes in the vagina, it it seeps into the urinary system as well, doesn't it? And the urethra into part of the bladder and also the pelvic floor. So urinary symptoms can magically improve, can't they, with a very effective, low-risk treatment, which is actually far safer than having recurrent antibiotics absolutely absolutely you've just reminded me of a a lady that came to me she was in her 80s and she was going again to see the urologist and they couldn't work out what was wrong with her and there was nothing that was working and I actually ended up saying because this again this was right at the beginning and I ended up saying to her have they mentioned estrogen to you at all I said Mm -hmm. it's not in doses like HRT and you just apply it locally I didn't want to tell her the exact details at 80, but and I think she hopefully went off and discussed that yes. with somebody because it's so important. But that's we're in that position that we can do that mm. if we know, if we have the education and the knowledge. So that's the key point. Absolutely, yeah. So now you're specialising more, aren't you, in hormones and menopause? So tell me what you, how your trainings. Right. So actually, so I'll go back to when I first sent you an email, Mm. because this was in January. This it was only January this year, I think. And I mentioned I was in the ideas stages of setting up a hormone advice, a menopause advice service. Sorry. And I'd been asked to speak to some GPs about alternatives for HRT because there's been a a shortage, which most people will know Mm. about. And I asked if I could use your resource section to speak to them. And I was really surprised. You sent me an email straight back. You sounded so excited. Oh, my goodness, you must do this. This is excellent work. 
And I thought, oh, oh, well, I was actually just having a daydream about my ideal job. <laughs> this is my ideal job, talking one-on-one to someone, hopefully, you know, creating a plan and, and then mm. educating and helping. And you've just told me that's a great idea. So, and this is where it came from, really. So I have set up a menopause advice service called the Hormone Pharmacist. And the most important factor for me was that it was affordable and accessible Mm. because what I was finding were ladies coming into the pharmacy and they might have already been to the GP and they were already on HRT. And it's, it's actually this lady who was a hairdresser that really springs to mind and really changed my viewpoint. And she came in and she said, I really can't afford a private consultation with a specialist. She said, but I'm so desperate. That's what I want to do. Have you got the number of somebody? And obviously, again, I was at the very beginning stages. I hadn't done all my training. And so I felt that I couldn't at that point help her. But it was so wrong. Like she'd been to the GP. She'd had her 10-minute consultation. She'd been given the HRT, but she was feeling rubbish. And then she'd been back to the GP. She still wasn't feeling great. And she was so desperate that she was prepared to spend the few hundred pounds to deal with it, even though she couldn't afford it. And I thought, wouldn't that be great if I could, you know, we are the we are actually the poor relatives, I think, in the NHS. Mm. And so, you know, it'd be great if I could set something up that doesn't cost a lot, that I could give really good evidence-based advice and the person could leave. I'm not a prescriber, so they would still have to go to the prescriber, but they would have the confidence to be able to speak and tell them what they want and know that they have all the right information you know I work off the British Menopause Society and NICE guidelines Mm. all the things Mm. that are required to give the right advice so that's where it all came from so there you go (laughs) came from you (laughs) excellent I'm very pleased to hear that And and it is really important as you might know I did a lot of hospital medicine before I went into general practice and we had the luxury of having a pharmacist that would come yeah. on our ward rounds every day. And um, I did, obviously, pharmacology as part of my degree, but not to the level that you do as you're training to a pharmacist. And the hospital pharmacist was just absolutely wonderful. A lot of people listening, I'm sure, would have seen the BNF, the British National Formulary in GP practices, which is yeah. this Bible, really. Now it's online, so they might not see the physical home so much but we look up and it says about interactions contraindications and it was like having a walking bnf with me it was fantastic to have someone there and pharmacists are so useful and even if you go to the chemist there's always a pharmacist there isn't there who's very helpful friendly being able to just advise and now there's a luxury often of having a private room where people can go sometimes for contraceptive advice and a lot of the education work I've been doing I've always been thinking well pharmacists can be so useful to give women the right advice and also in a lot of chemists now there's a huge section for female health and there's a lot of menopause supplements there and every time I go into a chemist I get very twitched because these products are often very expensive there's very little evidence behind them and a couple of years ago actually I was in Boots in (laughs) Leamington Spa and this lady was looking at all these supplements and she wasn't sure there was a three for the price of two offer and she kept picking one up and this one was 20 pounds a month so a lot of money she was looking and putting back and I I don't know why I did it, but I went up to her and I said, oh, I'm sorry to interfere, but I don't think you should really be taking any of that. You're probably better off <laughs> taking HRT. 
And she looked at me and I said, oh, it's all right. I'm really sorry. I am a doctor who specialises in the menopause. And she said, oh, that's so kind that you've said that. She said, my doctor took me off HRT a year ago because I'd reached the age of 50. And it was the best yeah. time of my life taking HRT. And I said, well, I think you need to go back and see a different doctor. And she said, oh, I'm so pleased. She said, I said, I just worry that you were going to be spending a lot of money. And if there's a pharmacist there to yeah. explain, and obviously some supplements are beneficial, can be helpful. HRT isn't for everyone, but it's important to have the right Absolutely. information, isn't it? And it's not pushed by an economic reason to sell a product. So I think having access to a pharmacist is is amazing. And I've sort of spoken to other pharmacists and actually, like you're saying, to have a job where you can interact with people and really make a difference is it amazing, really isn't is. it? It's yeah. a real privilege. And, and people and... do actually divulge information that they might not divulge to the doctor. They don't want to bother the doctor or there's something important that might come out of any conversation and you know as long as you have the information but again I've heard you talk before about GPs not having any standard formal training on the menopause Mm. and as far as I can remember although you know I've had a few years of brain fog along the way as far Mm. as I can remember we just learnt that HRT you needed a progestogen if the lady had a a uterus and you know just estrogen only without a uterus if she'd had a hysterectomy and I think that was pretty much most of it as far as I recall but uh, there is a lot more Mm. you know that you can learn in fact. (laughs) Absolutely and it's shocking really isn't it that you know the menopause Mm. affects women if they live long enough yet you're not given much training about it and yet you can make a huge difference and it's very important that women get the right advice from all sources so when I first started my clinic because I see people from all over the country I wouldn't have the luxury of being able to dispense their HRT like I do now so I'd give them a prescription and then a lot of women were coming back to me they were emailing me a few days after their appointment to say oh Dr Newson I've really enjoyed my appointment with you but my pharmacist tells me I shouldn't be using this gel it's going to give me a risk of clot because I've got migraine I shouldn't be using it because of this and all these things were coming and I realised that they were going to pharmacists where they lived in little villages or or the pharmacist wasn't used to HRT and the pharmacist was looking up contraindications, they were looking up risks of HRT and advising their patients, they thought rightly, because of how it was documented. But actually we know a lot of the documentation associated with hormone products is not correct and outdated. And I then realised, actually, gosh, this is very hard for a patient because they're being told two different things from two different healthcare professionals. And obviously, sometimes they'll go, well, not obviously, but sometimes they'll go back to their doctor who will say, gosh, why are you taking HRT? There's a risk of (laughs) breast cancer when they might be on estrogen-only HRT, which doesn't increase their risk of breast cancer. So obviously I do a lot of work educating doctors, but then I sort of thought, actually, pharmacists really need to advise because if they can work together with us and work out of the guidelines, like you say, it will give women a lot more confidence, won't it, to take their medication and continue it, which is really important, isn't it? Yeah. 
because as you say, like the pharmacists that you referred, you know, they're looking at the information mm. that they're given and that's part of our job. We can't give something and be responsible for that if we've gone against what the guidelines say. And, the, you know, in the, the information, the product information is incorrect. Yes. I mean, you know, it's a minefield. If you don't know. Absolutely. And it's a real problem. So for those of you listening, there's quite a few problems with the product information. And that's linked with how doctors prescribe and the information that pharmacists have. So, for example, if I was prescribing vaginal estrogen, so this is um, either a pessary or ring or cream, to a lady, for example, this 80-year-old lady you said who'd had urinary symptoms, when she opens the packet, it would say risk of clot, risk of breast cancer cannot be taken if you have heart disease. And that is linked with the prescribing information for me as a physician is prescribing. And this is completely wrong because vaginal estrogen is not the same as systemic HRT. It can be given even in women who've had an estrogen receptor positive breast cancer in the past because Mm -hmm. it doesn't get absorbed to the rest of the body. Whereas if you don't know that because you've not had the right training as a pharmacist, Obviously, you're going to go with the written information, but it's it's out of date and completely wrong, which is absolutely, well, it's just sad and outrageous, really. And the same with oestrogen as a patch or gel, there's no risk of clot, and it can be safely taken by women who have migraine, which is very different to tablet oestrogen. Yes. And once you know that and have had the training, you've read the evidence, then it's obvious, isn't it? But when you're it all becomes clear. Absolutely. But when you're a busy pharmacist, it's very hard to know, isn't it? Because you just go with what your what information you've been given at that time. Yeah. I mean, it took me till I was approaching fifty before I sat down and decided to do my learning. I mean, really, I should have Mm. done that learning years ago but first of all there wasn't anything really good available kind of readily at hand and secondly it's just like you're busy doing Mm. what you sent through or something else but it's so important yeah I mean half the population are women actually more than half the population are (laughs) female aren't they (laughs) and I think this is also a problem because the menopause is a natural process for most of us we go through and it's because our ovaries stop producing eggs and we we are the resulting hormones that associated reduce but because it's a natural process a lot of people don't want to pester their GP by something thing they think is just going to happen to them yet Mm. when people understand it is a hormone deficiency that is long term and there are health risks such as increased risk of heart disease and osteoporosis with it then they will try and get more information but this is why I think a lot of women want to access information in different ways and they'll feel less threatened maybe if you like seeing a pharmacist than they would maybe seeing a GP taking a lot of their time feeling they're wasting their time so to have the right information is really important isn't it absolutely but then again it's also important as long as you know that the GP or pharmacist or other health professional you need to know that they've had specific training Mm. really and I know you're passionate about that but I think I, I like all your statistics I've got some here so I think a third of women had to wait at least three years before perimenopausal symptoms were correctly diagnosed that's mm. one of your statistics it's like how oh, that's just shocking three it is years. shocking and it's really sad isn't it because it means that that's three years of someone's life and um I recently spoke to a lady in my clinic who's 62 and she started to experience symptoms when she was 40 so she's had 22 years of symptoms and she's really struggling with her her job 
she hasn't got a partner anymore because they've, they've split up, partly because she was so irritable and argumentative. She's not slept properly for years. And mm. that's really sad, isn't it? That um, you don't need a fancy blood test to make the diagnosis, certainly in women over the age of 45. You, what you do often need is time, isn't it? Time with someone who understands. Yeah. So even if you're, like you say, you're, you're not prescribing, that's the last part it's the initial part isn't it of being acknowledged putting all the symptoms together you know like the joint pain like the migraines like the urinary symptoms someone can realize it's related to the hormones and then giving the right information and certainly a lot of women I speak to or liaise with once they've got the right information it makes a consultation with their doctor a lot easier as well, doesn't it? It does. And I feel that by doing what I'm doing, I'm actually saving everyone time. Mm. So let the GP have 10 minutes, but the person has had 45 minutes with me to discuss absolutely everything and ask all the questions they want to. Hopefully, I know probably know a little bit more than their GP, unless the GP has done the same Mm. training. And they go to the GP empowered. They've got the right information. The GP doesn't waste their time. The patient hasn't wasted time. And it's all hopefully sorted. Which is, which is fantastic. <laughs> and, and have you been having some good feedback from, from women? I really have. Yeah. And I really have. And people not realising that, you know, if you're in perimenopause, perhaps then the oral contraceptive pill, combined contraceptive pill might be a good idea to keep everything steady throughout mm. that process. I mean, I started this just before lockdown so (laughs) it was tricky timing but the people that I have seen and I've been having zoom consultations which has has Mm. been really great but a lot of people initially if they're having symptoms I think initially they're not even thinking of HRT they're thinking I'm going to say inverted commas of natural ways of dealing with it so you know I'll listen to that and that's absolutely fine and as long as you understand the risks and benefits of everything But in the back of your mind, you know, or I tell you that HRT is actually the most effective treatment in the end. And, you know, don't be afraid of it if that's what it comes to. And it's also, you know, a lot of HRT is more natural than a lot of products that can be bought. And when people often come to me also and say, I want something natural, I don't like taking drugs. Well, actually, when you think about what natural means, you know, there are a lot of poisonous plants that are still naturally growing, but we wouldn't want to ingest them. And because when a lot of women realise that the body identical HRT is derived from yams, the root vegetables, it's just replacing. And it's interesting, actually, at the beginning, you were talking about um, women with thyroid conditions. Mm -hmm. And if women and men have underactive thyroid glands, then most of them pretty much all I would say would be quite happy taking thyroxine to replace that missing hormone or if they had (laughs) diabetes they would take insulin to replace that hormone yet they still see that HRT is some sort of poisonous drug that is a last resort treatment yet we know the earlier we take it the better it is for our future health as well as minimizing our symptoms So I think I'm sure you spend time as like I do explaining the difference and people then it's like a light bulb moment, isn't it? They suddenly think in a different way, perhaps, than they had before. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely natural. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about bioidenticals because I've... Oh, I think we should. (laughs) Let's get on to that then. Uh, Because I've had a couple of conversations uh, with uh, like a nutritionist and a PT, like a personal trainer, 
all asking me, oh, you know, do you know much about bioidenticals? And it's like, okay, I haven't had a proper conversation because I think face-to-face I could probably do a better Mm. job. But it's like I presume they mean... Compounded. Yeah, either compounded or even worse, the progesterone creams available on the internet. I think that's what they're talking about. And, whoa, not proven, no safety profile and don't go there. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's the take-home message is not to go there. Um, but they have a lot of very good advertising associated with them. Yes. So like you say, there's it can be confusing because actually the body identical HRT, some people refer to as regulated bioidentical HRT, okay. whereas the products we're talking about are compounded bioidentical HRT. We often just stick to the word body identical for the regulated products because it's less confusing. But there are, like you say, some progesterone creams that can be bought very freely, or not freely, obviously pay for them, but readily over the <laughs> internet. And some women do find they have some benefit, but there's very little evidence that progesterone gets absorbed reliably through the skin. And also if you're taking estrogen, with it there isn't any evidence that it helps protect the lining of the womb adequately and then some women go to private clinics where they get given it's marketed as a bespoke bioidentical <laughs> HRT yet we know that actually there's not any evidence to support its use and it's potentially dangerous as well and so it's very important that women know what type of HRT they're getting isn't it Absolutely. And it does sound attractive because it is sold as natural, bioidentical, Mm. but actually you can get the natural, bioidentical and proven safety Mm. products on the NHS. Um, Absolutely. don't realise that. No, so oestrogen and progesterone are both body identical, available on the NHS. The problem is the other hormone, testosterone, that women often benefit from, which is not licensed yet for women in the NHS, which is in my mind, absolutely outrageous and appalling that we're not allowed our own hormone back. And I'm hoping this will change. But there is still regulated products either on the NHS, people can be prescribed male testosterone in obviously a lot smaller doses, or privately, there is a testosterone cream, but these products are regulated. And so it's very different to the compounded testosterone. And I see some women who have been given testosterone lozenges or tablets and certainly testosterone orally has risks such as affecting the liver and clot risks that it doesn't have when it's through the skin so if you're going to a private clinic it's really important to find out exactly how they're prescribing their HRT and what it is and it's certainly worth asking before you have an initial consultation with that doctor nurse or whoever excellent okay so very good (laughs) (laughs) so no I think it's absolutely fascinating and do you think more of your pharmacy colleagues will take a lead from you or be encouraged to do what you're doing do you think I think they probably will I mean there's a lot of women out there my age working part-time perhaps and it becomes really fascinating. Mm. I mean, I totally rediscovered my inner nerd. Yes. I didn't realise that I actually was one, but yes, I am. I can't get enough of uh, learning. And there's plenty of us out there and it becomes a fascination. And, you know, you just can't stop mm. educating yourself. If that can 
be translated into helping other people, yes. then that's why we are healthcare professionals, I think. I think that's why we choose our professions, mm. because we want to help people. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's so right. And, you know, our, our roles change as we become older, either because of families or because of partners or just the way our job evolves and changes. And I think ways that we can help women directly, which clearly, you know, we're both doing, but also helping the NHS as well. As many people know, my clinic's private because I can't get a job as an NHS menopause specialist because there aren't Mm. enough clinics. And, you know, your role would be perfect in the NHS as well, but there isn't such a thing yet. It might come. But actually, (laughs) I do feel very strongly that we are helping the NHS because if you can work with a lady who then has a very effective 10-minute consultation and goes on her way. A lot of women who take HRT in the right dose, the right type, only go back to their GP once a year. Uh, Someone in my clinic two weeks ago told me that she'd been back and forth to her GP every fortnight for the last two years because she'd had muscle pain, she'd had fatigue, she'd had itchy skin, she'd had dry eyes, she'd had headaches, she'd had tinnitus, all these symptoms, and they were generating a lot of work and a lot of referrals, whereas three months of an HRT, she's a different woman. And so I strongly feel your work is actually reducing work and cost in the NHS as well, which... Well, that's what I'm hoping, yes. So absolutely brilliant. So I look forward to hearing how you get on. And I'm very pleased that (laughs) I've sparked you you into doing this new role. (laughs) Well, I'd like to thank you for that very much. (laughs) So before we finish, do you mind just maybe giving women three take-home tips? So women who maybe are a bit nervous about seeing a pharmacist or seeing someone who isn't their own doctor about finding out more information about their own perimenopause and menopause, what would you suggest? I think the first point is to talk, talk to Mm. everyone, talk to friends, daughters, nieces, daughters of friends, especially anyone with PMT, because we didn't touch on this, but it's all the same hormones. So if you have PMT throughout your life, you're quite likely to suffer at the end with menopause and fluctuations, things like that. But be aware that your GP might not be trained, and even gynecologists, I had an experience of that as well. It's not their fault, but it just Mm. means they won't diagnose your symptoms correctly or might prescribe alternative treatments that are inappropriate or older style HRT. So check out credentials first. You know, you can tell from your website you could tell from mine that we know what we're talking about and we've got an interest make sure someone has got a special interest in the menopause Mm. because there are plenty of women out there who aren't given the correct information for example about oral estrogens versus transdermal so make sure you know who you're talking to for a start second of all don't suffer there's absolutely no need to suffer there's no medal at the end and you should know that you've got you want as low a risk as possible of heart disease diabetes dementia osteoporosis etc if you want to try alternatives to hrt that's absolutely fine as long as you've got all the evidence and you know the risks and benefits behind it and take charge of your own destiny and be informed brilliant i think that's so important we're all responsible for ourselves and having the best future that we can is so important Mm. so thank you so much uh, Lindsay, for your time today it's been absolutely brilliant thank you thank you so much for your encouragement and thank you very much for having me (laughs) for more information about the menopause please visit our website www.menopausedoctor.com 
www.cloud.co.uk. Thank you.